You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Hey, y'all. Hey, good to see you. Uh, man, hey, I, I want to just say thank you uh, for, for being here uh, because it is a little chilly outside. I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, we, we have lived, my family has lived in our pajamas for three days. Uh, and so if that's you, man, I'm just so glad you're here tonight. If you're at home online in your pajamas, we're all so glad that you're here tonight. Uh, but it's going to be a great night. I, I'm just so uh, grateful for our church family during this time that we can still gather. Um, it's just good to be with you. Um, I, I want to um, quickly kind of kind of just dive into what we're talking about tonight, but, but I want to just remind you of the ground rules that we had last week, um, and, and that is, hey, we're, we're talking about relationships, y'all, and, and I don't know if this is true in your life, but in my life, relationships have been a little messy at times, whether that's uh, as a single person or a dating person or an engaged person or a married person even. Uh, like, like relationships are just a little messy. And so just, just some ground rules. Um, listen to all of this for you and, and not for the person sitting next to you. <laughs> and not for, okay, not for your college kid, not for your, good Lord, not your middle school kid. Uh, but but don't, don't elbow somebody, okay? <laughs> like, this is not the place for that. Um, and, and then I just want to encourage you, as we talk about relationships a little bit more tonight, uh, listen, listen for future version of you that Jesus is working on. Don't take any of this and, and beat yourself up and go home feeling bad about yourself. Because if you're a believer, what you confess to be true is that Jesus makes all things and all people new, that he's restoring and redeeming us, and he has a beautiful plan and purpose for our lives. Is, is that true? Yeah, okay, cool. So, so don't take this and go, oh man, 17 years ago, right? Like, like instead, man, what is Jesus wanting to do in my life in my relationships because of what the Bible says. That's what I hope you'll hear today. Um, we are going to talk a little bit tonight about dating. <laughs> uh, Matt kind of threw that hand grenade at me, and, and so should be fun. Uh, but, but just a quick reminder, um, if, if you are here with children, uh, we're so glad that they're here. Um, tonight and, and the next couple weeks are going to be probably PG-13, so I promise to not bust out like charts and graphs, um, but uh, it may be an excellent time for your child to find out about the children's ministry. We have an excellent children's ministry here, y'all. We don't babysit. We pray over your kids and we teach them about Jesus, and it's a good time for them to find out about that. So uh, just, just some thoughts before we get going. Um, and, and, and lastly, y'all, here's the thing about tonight. I don't care if you're single or like you're like, I'm going to be uh, single forever or I'm married um, or, or like things are hard right now. My goal for tonight, hard stop, is, is that your relationships would put Jesus first. That is the, like if you take nothing else away and you're like, man, we talked about dating, we talked about, you know, engaged seasons and I want you, wherever you are at in your world, to put Jesus 
first in your life and in your relationships. That's my hope for you tonight. And so um, as we talk about dating, we're kind of, you know, for, for a lot of us, we're, we're building the airplane as we fly it, if you know what I mean. Uh, and, and so I want us to just approach this because uh, nobody's an expert on dating, just for the record. Like, like the way that we date in America didn't even exist till like 1920, y'all. Like, like we had communities and families forming relationships for us. And then sometime around the 1920s, we were like, you know what, let's just do this thing apart from our community and apart from our families. And, and it's a whole new world, y'all. And so um, let, let's just admit, hey, nobody's a guru here. Um, but the Bible is true and has some excellent wisdom for how we can handle our relationships. And so before we do anything else, can, can we just hit pause and pray? And, and right now, I, I want you to pray for you and your relationships that God would transform them. Let's pray together. God, we just thank you for tonight. And God, we ask um, as we open up your word, which is true and relevant and, and just this double-edged sword that cuts through all of the mess in our life, God, we pray that you would make us new, that you would give us relationships and, and hopes in our heart, God, that put you first above all things. We love you. We need you. It's in your name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, um, if you've got your Bible, uh, go ahead and flip over. Uh, to Song of Solomon. Uh, it's going to be a good time. I, I just want to remind you of the opening verse uh, of the Song of Solomon to kind of set the tone for tonight. Um, it starts uh, really like this. Uh, and again, <laughs> children's ministry exists, y'all. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. And, and I don't know what you know about wine. If you uh, grew up exceptionally Baptist and you're like, what's that? You mean grape juice? No, we don't mean grape juice. Um, but, but this is not an intellectual sort of love. Hey, man, he's a smart guy. I really like how smart he is. This is intoxicating, overpowering. This is Kesha, your love is my drug. This is, um, if you don't know, don't worry about it. Don't Google it. Um, This is intoxication, y'all. This is, this is a, a, a buzz. And, and whether you're a believer or not in this room, um, all of us have experienced this in relationships, right? Like, like it's, it's, this is what happens in our world today. Swipe left, swipe left, swipe right, right? Like you're, you're finding this person. Uh, you, you find somebody who maybe you connect with on an intellectual level. You think they're dreamy or whatever. I mean, you, you, you go to their apartment, right? Pick them up on a date. You go on a bunch of dates. Eventually, uh, you watch uh, You've Got Mail at midnight and you make some mistakes and, and you end up moving in together, right? That's, that's our world today, not for believers, but in our world, uh, you, you feel bad, uh, you, you run into relationship troubles, and eventually you, you break up. Or um, you, you drift apart so much that it's like you broke up and then you kind of just like 
stop calling. Or uh, you ghost somebody. I don't know if you've ever done that. It's great. It's a really cool thing that's happening in the world today. Or you get ghosted by somebody. Like this is the stuff that's going on in our world today. And then for most of us, um, this isn't a thing that happens once. It happens over and over and over again until you find, quote, the right one. <laughs> and, and without any kind of community input or counsel or wisdom or help from the Lord, you just go, man, this is the one. I am going to marry this person. And then what happens a lot of the time in, in our world, when you get bored or you, hey, Adam. Hey, y'all want to make some noise for Adam? Y'all, he's the best. Good to see you, buddy. Kind of a weird time for a conversation. Uh, but when you get bored or when you, I'm going to put this in air quotes, fall out of love, which doesn't actually mean anything biblically, just for the record, um, you get a divorce, Right? And, and, and then eventually, maybe you get remarried, and, and typically all along the way, man, nobody's speaking into your life, nobody's speaking into your world. This is the world that we are living in, you guys. And, and I think um, just a concept that I think would be helpful for all of us as, as we consider, um, I mean, relationships in general, is this, you play like you practice. You play like you practice. Here's, here's what I mean. Maybe you know this. Um, Adam and I, what a guy, uh, are, are actually, sorry to call you out, buddy. Uh, we are um, challenging each other to a half marathon race, uh, which, is, which is going okay. Um, and I just want to wanna say to all of you, uh, I've been just a hair and a half faster every practice run that we've run. It's fine. Um, but here's the deal, y'all. The other day at staff meeting, Adam showed up with his lunch. We all packed a lunch. Adam brought beef and broccoli. And I don't mean the Chinese food kind. I mean paleo, y'all. Like it was just beef and broccoli and nothing else. Like how obnoxious is that, right? And, and y'all, honest, honest before the Lord, I showed up with Wendy's. <laughs> okay? And, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. If I keep showing up with Wendy's, <laughs> And Adam keeps showing up with beef and broccoli. I'm going to lose the race, y'all, and it's going to be embarrassing. And we've, we've, we have to say it in front of you guys. And, and here's the thing. You play like you practice. And, and this is true in every area of your world, right? If, if you have an instrument or a sport or you're a writer or you're just like employed, like you practice, you're reading things, you're following influencers on the internet to figure out what they're doing right, you're, you're learning and you're practicing all these things so that you get better. And in our world, y'all, we're just not practicing relationships. We're not thinking about, hey, what's the best, most godly, most awesome way to do this thing so that God is glorified and so that the other person I'm in a relationship with is protected because I care about their soul because they're made in the image of God. We need to be thinking about this stuff. Instead, like, instead of what I see in our world is a bunch of people showing up with Wendy's going, I hope this thing works out. Right? Like, I hope, like, I'm just going to float into a good relationship. And then we're surprised when it, when it doesn't work out. And so before we get into like how to be intentional with that, I, I want to just point you to um, what I feel like is one of the world's arguments for, for really how we get to this place. And it's, it's really simple. It's this. You can trust your feelings. 
You can trust your feelings. The world is going to say this to us, that we can trust our feelings, um, that, that whatever, here's what that really means. What you're feeling right now is truth. <laughs> and, and the problem, there's a lot of problems with that, right? Uh, the, we'll just point to one passage just for fun and just so you see it. Um, Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick, who can understand it? Who can understand it? So when you talk about feelings, um, it says that our feelings, how we think things, quote, really are, <laughs> may not be totally accurate. In fact, our heart is going to deceive us. And I want you to really get this. Before we talk about the enemy or the world or the fall or anything else, I just want you to see Nobody has deceived you more than you. Nobody has led you into dark paths that don't honor the Lord more than yourself, right? Like, like you, <laughs> we're all our worst enemies, right? We are superiorly gifted at tricking ourselves into believing not true things. And, and so ultimately, if you follow your feelings alone, you will end up in relational hell. You will end up, man, just trying to figure out, hey, what is the right thing I do? And it'll be dependent on um, how much sleep you got last night and how much coffee you drank that morning, right? Like you will be floating through life based on feelings. And and I just want to offer this before we get into some wisdom um, from the Bible. We need guardrails. We need help. And we need wisdom. And I think the, the Bible offers some really beautiful relationship advice. And, and I just want to go to a passage that I think sums up what we're, we're about to talk to, uh, which is Ecclesiastes 3.1. And it says this, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Every activity under the heavens has a season. And tonight... I really want to just talk to you about um, the seasons of a relationship, particularly in that dating season. I think there, this is not uh, comprehensive, um, but I think there are three main seasons. And so to get there, I believe that God invites us into these seasons in our relationships. Um, last week, uh, we talked about attraction, right? And, and that was uh, awesome. You guys, let me just say, if you have not heard last week's message Go back and listen to it. First off, it's hilarious because Matt's talking about attraction, uh, but also, man, it's just really, really good biblical truth. I would, I would just encourage you, go back and listen. It's awesome. But tonight, we're talking about seasons within dating. So if you're with me, uh, Song of Solomon, chapter two, we're gonna pick up in verse eight. It says this, the voice of my beloved. Okay, guys, let me, let me just say one thing before we read this. This is not the newspaper, y'all. <laughs> this is like love poetry, right? So like I want you to just imagine, like this is not somebody being like, oh yeah, wow, uh, Exxon went up two points in their, in their stock today. Like this is, hey baby, right? This is, that felt very weird to say that to you guys. <laughs> I don't like that. Internet, I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to just move right along. Eight, verse 8, it's love poetry, you guys. It's love poetry. Here we go. The voice of my beloved. Behold, he comes 
leaping over the mountains, <laughs> bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Yo, listen to this description, right? This is, this is not, oh, well, what a nice guy. This is my lover. He's coming. He's a deer and he's floating over the mountains. He's awesome, right? He, he is like, what a man, what a man, what a mighty fine man, right? That's what's going on here. That's what's going on. And, and it's beautiful. And then it says, behold, uh, there, there's some cultural stuff we're about to get into, but behold, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the window, looking through the lattice, right? I, I want you to get this. He's not being a creeper, okay? He's not just future reference and future relationship advice. He's not just standing outside watching. Um, he is meeting her eyes, right? Looking at her in the eyes uh, across from the way. They see each other and they are attracted to each other so much so that she is just, man, saying all these wild things about him. He's amazing. He's a gazelle. Look at those, look at those calves, right? And, and it's awesome. And, and here's the first season that we're seeing here. It's called the season of perfection, the season of perfection. This is when uh, we start a relationship, right? We, we are attracted and we believe that the other person is perfect. No flaws, right? Listen to this next part. Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away, right? Take me to Chili's. Get me the skillet queso, Right, I've seen the coupon in your email inbox, and it is good. And, and it's, this, it's this take me away, right? And, and this is the season where we believe that the other person has no flaws, nothing's wrong with them, they could do no wrong. And, and married people, help me out, they have flaws, right? They do. And, and during this season, uh, I, I just want to give you some practical advice on, on, on how to not just, honestly, not just protect you, but, but to protect this other human that is made in the image of God, that he cares about. And, and, and again, um, I, just a like asterisk and reminder, I'm not this smart. I'm not a guru. A lot of this, if you're like, man, this is really good, um, is Tommy Nelson, y'all, at Denton Bible Church. And so, so if you're taking notes, man, just, just get in a study. We're going to launch a study on, on his study at the end of this. And I think it's a really good place to learn about relationships. Um, but, but I'm not trying to be a smart person. I'm trying to become a smart person someday, Lord willing. But here's, here's advice uh, piece number one, if you're looking to protect somebody during the season of perfection. The first thing I'm going to say is limit your time. Limit your time. And, and I would just add in, in a little like parentheses, alone. Limit your time alone. Something really unpopular that I think is true and helpful. It is a really good idea when you're in this season of perfection to do um, group dates, to spend a lot of time together in groups of people with people that you trust and want the best for you and for your relationship. Um, that, that you should um, spend time together with people because um, really for a couple of reasons, right? One, uh, when we get alone, we just tend to make bad choices as people, right? Part of the fall. But two, hopefully when you're in this season of perfection, thinking this other person is just so dreamy and th that you have good friends and people in your community who are going to go, hey, um, 
man, that dude's shady. <laughs> like, like, listen, I know he bought you skillet queso, but he had a coupon and he's really not a good guy. And you need to never go on a date with him again, right? Like that you have people in your world who love you, who love Jesus, who are willing to sit down with you and go, hey, I know you feel this way, but that's just not true. Like he's, he's not who you think he is. Or she, right? She's not who you think she is. Limit your time. You will have plenty of alone time in the future, more than you want if things continue in a relationship. But, but ultimately, man, we, we need to limit our time on the front end and spend a lot of time with other people in our community speaking into our relationships. Second thing, limit your talk. Limit your talk. Here, here's what I mean by that. Uh, you, you can talk all you want. You don't need to say things that you don't know that you know that you know are true. So, so I work with middle school students, <laughs> which is a real delight. <laughs> uh, pray for me. Uh, but, but here's the thing about middle school students. When they get into a relationship at the age of 13, some of them have said, I love her. I'm in love. I think we're going to get married. And, and I just like, in love and kindness, unless you're Abby and Ryan, it's just not going to happen. You have been blinded by a cloud of Axe body spray, and, and God just wants you to hear that tonight. Like, if you're hearing this, uh, go read your Bible. But if you, if you start dating, listen, listen, hey, for real, um, limit your talk. Don't say things that you don't mean. Protect the other person from your words that you don't mean. So here's what I mean. A month in, maybe you don't need to say, I love you. Maybe you don't need to say, hey, I'm going to marry you if you don't mean it. Now, I think there's an argument for like shorter dating and uh, shorter engagements in Jesus' name. But, uh, but honestly, you, you need to be really careful and limit what you're saying. Because at some point, if you turn around two months after telling somebody, hey, I love you and I want to marry you, and you go, hey, none of that's true, then that's putting that person in a really hurtful spot, right? So we want to limit our talk on the front end. Um, also, and this is just being honest with you, limit your touch, Limit your touch. Um, you are going to want to touch. That's the way God made it, right? God invented sex. Uh, it's a gift, um, but I would argue he gave us that gift. Um, however, um, when you limit your touch, you are actually protecting the other person again. You're protecting yourself. Um, and, and here's what I mean. If you limit yourself on the front end, man, you will have a healthier relationship in the long run. Tons of studies to back that up, but, but here's the other side of that. Just as importantly, you will be much better equipped to end a bad relationship when you realize it's gone bad with much less heartbreak if you limit your touch on the front end. I'm telling you guys, I have had um, lots of Christian um, strong believers come to me and say, man, He's such a terrible person, but we can't break it off because we've already had sex, right? And, and I would just say, which just for the record, yes, you can. If you're there, there is grace and love, and Jesus has a beautiful purpose and plan for your life. But also, when you will limit some damage by limiting your touch on the front end. You will limit your damage. Listen, um, guardrails on the side of the road 
don't make driving boring, <laughs> right? Like guardrails on the side of the road. I, like especially, come on, y'all, right now there's ice on the road. Please keep the guardrails up. <laughs> but, but guardrails protect us and they give us a safe place to drive. And, and ultimately, man, I, I know on the front end it can feel like, oh, man, these limit your time. What are you talking about? But y'all, those guardrails that God gives us are gifts to protect us as we seek a God-honoring, right, person-protecting relationship. That's a gift from the Lord. I want to show you the next season. So if you're with me, um, go to Song of Solomon 2, 11, 12. We're just going to keep walking through this. It says this, For behold, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come. And the voice, I love this, the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land, right? There's beautiful things going on here, right? Listen, listen to the seasonal language that's, that's described. Winter is past, right? The rain is gone. And then it says, arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. Oh, my dove. In the clefts of the rock, in the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. I want you to really quickly just notice something about this passage. He was at the house, but all of a sudden it says, um, Oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the, in the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face. So, so he is no longer there. In fact, he's nowhere to be found I mean, and it says why. Hey, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. He has gone away. And, and for the rest of this book, I really want you to see something. Um, because of 2021, it's, it's difficult to read this. There's some cultural things going on here. When, when they use the word face or voice, although he might have a sweet face and a nice voice, um, that's not what he's talking about. That's not what they're talking about here. They're talking about his character. They're talking about who he is, right? So when you hear face or voice, it's talking about, man, hey, this is a guy of integrity. This is a person who cares deeply. Uh, your face, your character is lovely. And, and here's the season that he's in as he's gone away. It's the season of preparation, the season of preparation. Um, and, and here's the deal, y'all. All of us, need this season at a certain level, right? And, and here's what I mean. Um, if you are in that dating life cycle right now, I just want to offer you something. You don't need to find the right person. You need to become the right person. You don't need to, man, go looking and hunting and like scavenging, right, to find this human who's going to complete you. First off, they won't. Only Jesus will. And secondly, man, you need to enter this season of preparation using your singleness as a gift to engage in the kingdom of God. You've got to do that. It's such a better person. So, so don't go looking. Don't go, man, I'm looking for my soulmate this year. Don't, don't say that. Instead, go, hey, this year, I want to grow. I want to become this person with great character, man, that is known for the person that I am, for the godliness that I am, for the love that I have. Um, and, and so, man, I, I would just say, if, if you skip right over this season of preparation, I, I honestly think you are dismissing the gift of singleness that God has given you. 
You are dismissing this gift. Now, I want you to hear this really clearly. If you're single, you have so much strategic value in the kingdom. You, like right now, you have a certain level of freedom and independence that does not exist in any other stage of your life. God has given it to you. And just for the record, Paul was single and he was awesome, you guys. Jesus was single and that's why we're here tonight, right? Not because he was single, for the record. Uh, but, but here's the deal. Uh, yeah, just want to clear that up. Uh, but you have value. Like, I don't care who you are. If you have been broken up and you, like, and you feel less than, I just want you to hear over and over, you are so incredibly valuable in the kingdom. And do not let anybody, including yourself, tell you the lie of anything other than that being true. You are hugely important. You have this awesome season. Um, and, and I would just encourage you during this season of preparation, and let me just say married people play along because we're all in a season of preparation at a certain level for what God has for us. If you are not married, but you might be in the future, if you're headed towards marriage, if you're married, please don't wait for marriage to start working on yourself. Please don't do that. Please don't wait. And, and married people, listen, please don't wait till next year to make a change. Like, please don't do that. Please don't wait until you're married to develop a strong work ethic. Please don't wait until you're married to start working on your pornography problem, right? Please don't wait until you're married to get into some counseling, right? Like, go do the thing. God has you in a season for a reason. And, and here's, the, here's the outcome. If you start preparing, then I, I don't know what God is preparing you for, but if it's marriage, you will be an awesome spouse and able to advance the kingdom, and you'll be healthy, not perfect, okay, but healthier than if you waited, and it'll bless your family, and it'll bless your church. And if God is preparing you for a longer season of singleness— Here's what will happen. You will be an awesome single person and able to advance the kingdom and you'll be healthy, not perfect, but healthier than if you waited and it'll bless your family and it'll bless your church. That is what God is preparing you for. And, and then in the middle of all this, um, there's this really interesting passage um, in, in uh, 2.15 actually, um, which, which talks about something is going to enter into this season and you have to absolutely be on your guard and it says this, uh, through, uh, 2.15 says, Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. Here's the idea. Anybody, I'm just curious, anybody a gardener? Like, nobody. Awesome. Okay, we got one. I see. Uh, but, but here's the thing. Um, so, so my family uh, lives in a little place called Gilmer, Texas. Uh, it is uh, their East Texas paradise. Uh, I, I don't understand, but they do. And, and so they moved out there uh, from Houston. And, and y'all, they have um, every, everything that you could possibly imagine to be grown or raised, right? They've got a, a massive garden. They've got chickens. They've got bees even. I don't know why, but they've got 
Yeah, just saying, they get, they get everything, right? They had ducks for, for a season. Like, who even has ducks? Like, they'll just come to your house if you let them, right? Like, you don't need to do anything to have ducks. But, but they did. And, and so, man, they've, they've got all of these creatures. Um, and, and they've got, in the middle of this, um, about a million ways to protect everything that they are seeking to grow um, from what my mom would call critters, Right? It's very East Texas, but, uh, but here's the thing. Um, they've got bugs that want to eat everything. They've got, um, like, they've actually seen bobcats on their land, which is pretty cool and also a little terrifying. Uh, they've seen coyotes. They've got, like, everything wants to eat everything they're trying to grow, right? Everything wants to come against what they're trying to protect. And, and Solomon's point here is, hey, hey, there are foxes that want to come in and eat all of the good things in your relationship that you're trying to grow and protect, all of the things that you've been working on, love is in bloom and something wants to come in and destroy it. And, and specifically, like we don't need to get into all of it, um, but, but the point is you, you want to protect what's developing in your relationship. You, you want to protect, listen, if you're married, y'all, you, you want to protect your marriage. You want to fight for the beautiful and good things that God wants to do in your relationship. And when we stop fighting, we let foxes in. And when we stop and put our guard down and go, you know what, God will just take care of this. I'm going to drift into Wendy's. <laughs> like, man, foxes come in and they start messing things up. They start messing up the fruit that God wants to build in our lives. And, and so every relationship, whether you're dating or married, man, you want, to, you want to actually protect that season, right? And so this third season is just this. It's a season of purity. It's a season of purity. Looks different for single people, dating people, engaged people, and married people, but it exists for all of us. And so, so one of those uh, things that we should do in the season is, is really simple. We should put parameters around our passion. Put parameters around our passion. Now listen, um, some weird Christians make this a weird thing, right? Like you show up to Starbucks on your first date and you're like, you can't touch anything below the eyebrows <laughs> and, and we're naming our first child Olivia, <laughs> right? Like don't do that on a first date for the record. Um, but, but ultimately, you need to put some parameters around your passion. Rules are a good thing. You need to make some decisions before you get into a place where you need to make some decisions. You, you need to decide what you believe before you test what you believe. Um, good, good fences make good neighbors. Y'all heard that? So, so I, I've got, um, we, we actually are going to be in a house in a couple months, which is unbelievably exciting. But right now, um, we're the worst neighbors in the world, y'all. And here's why. Because I have a three-year-old and at 6 a.m. in my fourth floor apartment, he gets out of bed and starts stomping like every single day. And he's like, let's have a dance party. And I'm like, buddy, we're not bad neighbors. We just have a bad roommate, right? And, and here's the deal, y'all. Here's the deal. When, when we get into a house, we're going to have some big fences and our neighbors can't tell them not to stomp and it's going to be awesome, right? But, but here's the deal. In your relationships, you've got to have some parameters. You've got to make some decisions before you get to the place where you need to make some decisions. And so decide where your line is based on your community, wise counsel, the Bible, not your feelings, 
and then lay down that line. So here's some, some really simple ones. If you, to protect your heart, need to not spend every single day with a new relationship, decide that in advance and come up with a good excuse right? Decide what your time limit is. Um, If you, to protect your heart and honestly to honor the way of Jesus, have to have some physical boundaries or decide, hey, um, if some dude asks me for pictures on the internet, that's not happening. You need to decide that in advance because all of those are things that will get decided for you if you don't make the decision. If you don't have some choices made, don't be asleep at the wheel, y'all. You're not going to drift into holiness, you're going to drift into an accident, right? And, and I would just encourage you, man, wake up about where your relationship is at. Last little tip, use family as a safeguard. Use family as a safeguard. Everybody in this room, biblically, y'all, we're family. You need to be in a group. You need to be in a Bible study. You need to be connected to other Christians. You need to have people who love Jesus, who are walking with you. In the Bible, the idea of a bridal party uh, was very different from today. Today, it's like, man, I'm just calling Jimmy, who I went to elementary school with, because if he saw the wedding on Facebook, it'd be awkward if I didn't invite him, right? Like, that's the bridal party of today. In, in the Bible, a bridal party protected their guy, protected their girl. Said, if you're going to mess with this guy, mess with this girl, I might stab you, right? And, and, and so here's the deal, y'all. You've got to use this family as a safeguard. And it means you've got to be honest about where you're at, but it also means you've got to be, man, just inviting people into your relationship. Last thing for everybody in the room, y'all. Last thing you need to do, let Jesus make all things new. Let Jesus make all things new. Here's what I know. In, in this room tonight, statistically, we have struggling marriages. We have single people who've made mistakes, married people who've made mistakes, uh, we have single people who are waiting for God to fulfill their desire for marriage. And some of them have been waiting a very long time. Um, we have people who are in relationships that are working. And we have people in relationships that are really not working, right? That We have people uh, who, who are making people God, honestly. And, and people hoping that God gets a hold of their people, <laughs> That, that God would transform their lives. And, and, and right now, y'all, you can, regardless of where you are at, you can invite Jesus to make all things new. You can invite Jesus to bring change and transformation into your life. And, and I just want you to hear, like, again, let's go back to that ground rule. Don't think about this past that you have. Think about the person that God is trying to make you into. And if you're here tonight and you're going, man, I feel like I've made some mistakes. I feel like, man, my relationship is too far gone. I, honestly, like I'm just kind of a hot mess and I don't even know how I got here tonight. Would you, would you just right now consider that you can have everything, everything in your life made new right now by trusting in Jesus and asking for his love, his grace in your life to change everything. The key to a great relationship, the key, like, don't care what else we just talked about, the key to a great relationship is putting God first. The key 
is putting God above your selfish desires, above man, everything else in your world and saying, God, I'm going to honor you in my relationship, whether you're single or married or somewhere in between. And I would just challenge you tonight. Is God first in your world right now? Is God, man, is he the thing that is guiding, leading, protecting, and shepherding your relationship? Are you trying to do that on your own? I think it's something for us to consider. And I think if you want to experience a healthy relationship, man, put him first, you guys, and let Jesus make all things new. Let me pray for you. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at